0: Today, we're going to be in John, at the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And as we draw closer and closer to Christmas, I just thought somehow it might be good to give an earnest effort to draw closer to Christ. You know, and and how do you do that? You know, and of course, I I think in many ways it's opening up his word, but it has a lot to do with what's going on in our heart. You know, um, Lord, I'm here at church, this building you've drawn me to. But God, draw me to you. That, that's, I need you, Lord, because I'm going through some heavy trials and struggles. And so, you know, even though December 25th is probably not Jesus' actual birthday, God is orchestrating in everything. And in his sovereignty, he's graciously granted us. I, I think it's, it's a gracious grant that we have like this season to celebrate the incarnation of God into our world. You know, we got winter. How many of you guys like winter season? You know, you go snowboarding and stuff like that. Um, And then there's uh, uh, spring. How many of you like spring? Right? The the fall. I mean, the, the flowers, the showers, they say. And then summer. How many of you like summer? Summer's cool. And then... right so different seasons and it's like a a, you know a period of time and and different things take place well this whole season the reason of course we've heard that many times is is the lord is the lord jesus christ that god came to earth that god traveled that distance from if you think about it i don't even think we can call it time before time you ever think about that because before Time before us, before angels, there was like this eternity past. What do you call that? I don't know. It's timeless. It's it's endless in that direction. He came from there to here to this little tiny planet called Earth. This little speck in space. Why? Why would he do that? And the simple answer is because he loves you. Not just he loves them or he loves, you know, like the world, although that's true. You got to make it personal. That's why God traveled that distance. And, and so when we look at Christmas and we come and celebrate Christ, my prayer is that no matter what you're going through, that I believe no matter what you're going through, that if you draw near that that if you're you know if you come to him and you're like okay lord they say this is a season i'm supposed to celebrate you even more so in in one sense you will be encouraged you will be empowered if you do this this opportunity that we have and so it's kind of cool we have this time of year to look at the incarnation god came near god came here the creator was conceived he was born that we might be born again right first timothy three sixteen is a great passage it says and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness god was manifested in the flesh and so when you look at that passage there's no doubt about it you know that this is mysterious This is glorious that that God would be manifested in the flesh, right? And and when you look at it, I mean, how did God do it? God fills, um, there's this doctrine of God, it's called the immensity of God. And that means that God is everywhere in his fullness at all times. So how did that God, you know, how did he come to us to where he was conceived in the womb of Mary, to that God became the size of the period in your Bible. That little dot, how did that happen? Not just how did that happen, but why did that happen? Why would he do this? And that's why, to me, it's such a mystery. And we'll never, I don't think we'll ever fathom that, we'll never completely comprehend it. But uh, the mystery is that it was for you and for me. And so these are the things that we ponder this time of year, at least we should. You know, I, I don't know why. How many of you here, you know, be honest. You don't have to raise your hand or anything. But I'm just curious. How many of you here like Christmas time of year? Just out of curiosity. You like it. So three of you. Um, no, there's a few more. For some, it's tough. For some, it's tough uh, for many reasons. Uh, for some, it's a really special time of year. Maybe when you were a little kid, you got, how many of you got the bike? That was a great year. You know, you got the Hitachi stereo system. Remember the cassette players and the big speakers? You know, and uh, others, I remember the train set, the year that I got a train set. Maybe there's good stigmas that are associated with it as we grow up. You know, I love traditions. I love, you know, decorating the tree or eating the cookies that my wife makes. You know, just the music, uh, the lights. I I love this time of year, you know? And and so... um, but, but you've got to understand that all those other things, eventually the, the, the glory of it, it fades away. What, what we have to make sure we, we, we stick to is the real reason for this season, and that is to really come and celebrate. And here it is. Contemplate Jesus. You know, we get so busy Doing so many things all i'm saying is let's just stop and think about him you know one of the things that is probably the toughest thing in, in life is time you know how many of you here are busy we're so busy we're too busy to pray you know and think about it me as a husband i got my wife i love her so much you know sometimes i'm too busy just to pray for her how about five minutes on your knees for your wife for ten minutes? You know, we're too busy to read a Bible. We're too busy to read a good Bible-based book. Too busy sometimes to go to church or, you know, to do those things. And then, and then Christmas time comes around and more things get put on our plate. And, and think about it. Now we're too busy to think about Christ. And it's all about Him. And so I'm blessed that we're here tonight. But, but this isn't really good enough. I'm, I'm sorry, you know. What I really pray that you would do somewhere in this space of time is just, man, I don't know if it'll be in your house or in your car, or, you know, or somewhere you just stop and you give God time to think about him. Wow, Lord, you came. Thank you. This whole, this whole world that's spending $465 billion this year, it's all because you came. And then you just start thinking about him. See, it's to celebrate him it, it is it's not just to make him a, a birthday cake on Christmas, although I think that's a great idea, you know, make him a birthday cake because you're you know, singing happy birthday to Jesus, but, but not just celebrate, contemplate. Think it. He'll be blessed by that. You know, because it's, it's getting more challenging and challenging every year. So some of you people are younger than me. There's a couple of you here that are younger than me. I'm telling you this, man. Um, five years down the road, ten years down the road, it's going to be harder and harder to find Jesus in Christmas. You know, little by little, they're trying to wean him out. You know, because I was looking at the statistics, okay? From 2013 to 2014, 15, 16, and 17, more and more and more and more, they're saying that Christmas is simply a cultural holiday, not a Christian holiday. Even though 9 out of 10 Americans will celebrate Christmas, um, they're less and less about Jesus. So for those of you who are younger, what I'm trying to say is that you know, you be ready for this, and you fight for this, and whatever you do, don't let it be something that you hold to, um, even though it's challenging. As a matter of fact, one person put it this way, to perceive Christmas through its wrappings becomes more difficult every year. You guys are midweek crazy christians you're plugged into a church and so i'm proud of you that you're here on a midweek service but think about it even the christians that are just the sunday christians how hard this is for them you know to get through all the wrappings and really to be able to see jesus and so you know um i have a little play on words right here um which will it be uh, christmas or christmas you're gonna miss it Or are you going to celebrate him? It's up to you, man. It's up to you. And you're like, well, I went to church. Well, that's good. I think you get like 6.5 points for that. But more than that, you guys, and I need to do it too. Just stop. Let's get on our knees. Let's just say, thank you, Lord, for coming. You know, let's do our best to make it all about Jesus. And even though, you know, we know it doesn't end there, uh, the best place to start to make it all about Jesus rather than just words or determination, I think really is to start by opening up our Bible. It doesn't end here. Listen, it doesn't end here. But it's a good place to start. Before we can really truly, completely, accurately celebrate and understand the glory of this day, the first thing we have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt is exactly who it is that was born that night. And the first point is just to know the deity of Christ. And so let's turn to John chapter one and notice in verse one, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was what? God. So you guys know this, right? Have you guys been a Christian more than you know, a year? You should know how there's four gospels And each one presents Jesus a certain way, just like you have different perspectives, right? Do you guys know this? Matthew presents Jesus as... If you don't know it, you better take one of these classes. Foundations in the faith. Okay, I'm telling you. I know talking to Henry and some other guys. I'm going to give these people a theological test and see if they know these things. If they don't, they better get in class. Matthew presents Jesus as the king of the Jews, Right? And then, and then you've got Mark, and he presents Jesus as a slave. He's writing to the Romans with his 60 million slaves. And then you've got Luke, and he's writing to the Greeks, who they elevate man. you know. And, and so he presents Jesus as, 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 as man, the perfect man. But then John, he's the last one to write. He wrote his gospel probably about 90 A.D., and he presents Jesus as God, and he writes to the whole wide world And in this very first verse, in the beginning was the word. It's interesting, the Greek language has a way of being able to place emphasis on certain words. Um, And and you know how when we write a a sentence, we can emphasize a, a word in a sentence? How do you guys do it when you emphasize a word? Bold, exclamation, capital letters. Well, the Greeks could do that with their language. And that's... In this very first verse, in the, this is how you're supposed to read it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, if you guys want to, hang out today. Even though I know you've got to wake up early, but I have this book. It's called the Discovery Bible. And it's one of the best Christian resources you could ever buy. It won the gold medallion the year it came out. It's out of print now. Mine is worth a $1,000. I'll sell it to you for 2000 but anyways... <laughs> If you look at it and I'll show you the I'll show you the Greek and I'll show you the emphasis on that last word and you can see it and you discover these things and we should know these things that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God He's trying to emphasize that in the very first verse and so for us we have to know these things You know, when you look at this, John takes us back to Genesis 1.1, right? In the very first verse of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now you go to John 1.1, in the beginning was the word. What's he doing? He's definitely taking them back to the same place. You know, in our text here, we see it's interesting in in John's writings, um, what we find is Jesus is frequently referred to as the word. Now, that's an interesting uh, title, the word, you know, and there's a lot of different you know, opinions as far as exactly what that means. Um, the, the word, the, the Greek word is logos, and some like to say he's the expression of God, you know, um, and, 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 but when you take it, because remember, you guys, when you study the Bible, you have to take it in the context. Who was it written to? What did it mean to the original recipients? so he's writing and he calls them the Logos. And to the Greeks, the Logos, that was the one who basically maintained the order of the universe, the Logos. And so the Greeks would understand that John is saying Jesus is the one who maintains the order of the universe. But remember, John's not just writing to the Greeks or the Gentiles. Who's he writing to? And I told you guys already. This will be on the final exam. Who's he writing to? The whole world. So if the Greeks would see it this way, what about the Jews? How would they see that? The word. We're talking about the word. Well, the Greeks, I mean the the Jews, you guys know this, they didn't all speak Hebrew. As a matter of fact, there were few Jews who spoke Hebrew. What was the language of the day for the Jews? It was Aramaic. Now, the, the Jews had an Old Testament version of the Bible called the Targums, and it was in the Aramaic language. And so um, when, whenever they would come across those places in the Old Testament where there were these times where God came near, where God came close, where God was like a theophany or a Christophany, when God would come close to people, you know what they would the, the title they would give Him? The Memrah which is Aramaic for the word. So John's writing to the Jews and he's writing to the Greeks and he's saying the beginning was the word. It wasn't just a random thing. It meant so much to the Greeks. It meant so much to the Jews. This is the one who maintains the order of the universe. This is the God that when I read in the Old Testament comes near to me. And as he writes his letter, and remember, he's the last one. So 90% of the material in the Gospel of John is unique. It's not found in the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Why? Because he's writing now to kind of finish the whole story. Well, that stuff's already been covered. Let me share what we need to share now. And, 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 he, and he just, man, he says, man, I want to talk about Jesus. And I want to tell you guys how glorious he is. Yes, He's a king, and yes, he's a slave, and yes, he's a, he's a man, but I want to make it clear, and you can see it in the other gospels, but I want to make it clear, he is God. who maintains an, the universe who, who came, who, who's willing to come near to me because I have to live, you know, and I can share you my address and my life and my struggles. My challenges, my, that I get hit sometimes and I fall down. I'm fighting the devil. I love you guys, but I need, I need God. And that's what we see here. He's telling you, I want you to know who this is. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word with there in the Greek language, it means face to face it means that they were having fellowship for eternity past there was a perfect relationship between the father and the son listen some you know, cults out there they'll tell you that Jesus uh, was made and that's why he's called the son but he wasn't made otherwise he wouldn't be god he's always existed you know others will tell you the mormons will tell you that you know you know elohim or god had celestial sex and and Jesus was born like that kind of son. No. He's always existed. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, and three persons, equal in essence and nature, but not in function and office. And so, you know, Jesus has just He's always been the son. Now, for those of you who have sons, you know how, how, how awesome they are. Children, period. Right? How much do you love your son? And you've been with him for how long? Oh, he's already four years, man. You know what? He's been telling me that I'm four and four is more. I love my little boy, you know? And well, that's cool. Yeah. Just think about this father who's always been with his son. This is who we're talking about. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. There's a face-to-face fellowship, relationship. And then it says, and the Word was God. And there you see the deity and the declaration of who Jesus is, right? I mean, this is so amazing to me when you see this. And, And what we find is that the deity of Christ is clearly taught in the Bible. You know, some of the the passages that we, that we uh, celebrate this time of year, like Isaiah 7, 14, right? You guys remember that one? It's all part of the Christmas story. Uh, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Angel was singing that song earlier, and did you notice how he's singing it? And I really caught it when he was singing it. He was just saying, rejoice rejoice Emmanuel he wasn't telling Emmanuel to rejoice he was just saying rejoice rejoice why because life is so good no that's not what he says because life is so easy No, that's not what he says. Because life never throws you a curve to where things that you just could never hit or understand. That's why we rejoice. No, that's not why we rejoice. We rejoice because Emmanuel, God, is with us. You know, and that passage, Isaiah 7.14, is then interpreted in Matthew chapter 1, which is translated, God with us. And and so I'm, I was sharing with you guys last time. You know, you know, you ever think about what your life would be like without Jesus? Well, you don't have to ever think about that, because He Himself has said, "I won't. I'm not, I'm not only coming to you. I'll never leave you." I mean, sometimes I get kind of blessed when someone comes over my house. Just they just come over. Sometimes they just show up. I don't know if I should tell you that, but. You know, they'll knock at the door and we're like, who is it? Oh, they got Cinnabons or whatever. <laughs> or they just come over, you know. And, um, and, but just think about someone like, you know, I was thinking, well, hey, if I told you guys some famous person came over my house today, you'd be all like, wow, are you serious? Yeah, President Trump came over my house today. You guys would be like all oh, tripping out. But this is so much better. God, he came over my house and he said to me, I'm living with you forever. And we see in Isaiah 7:14, "This is not just a baby that was born. This is one that rocks the world because he made the world. This is God. We see it in, in Isaiah 9:6. It's another a famous passage, right? For unto us a child is born, uh, that's his humanity. Unto us a son is given. That's his deity, but you see it even in the description. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. There it is, Everlasting Father, father, which literally means Father of Eternity, and Prince of what? Peace. You know that's what we need. That's why he came. He's God, and we see it in Micah chapter five, verse two. But you, Bethlehem. Ephratha, though you are a little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. And we see it throughout the Bible. You know, whatever you do, do not buy into the lie that Jesus was Michael the archangel or you know, a God, you know, among the many plurality of Mormon teachings that there's many gods or or just a man. It's so important that we understand that that, that it was God who came. And that's what John says. You know, we read that earlier in First Timothy 3.16. Uh, we even see something interesting. Look at verse 3 of John 1. Well, verse 1, "...in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Now, that's a pretty powerful passage if you think about it, right? I mean, if I were to ask you who made everything, what would you say? You'd say God, right? and you 'd be right in saying that, but here we see in John chapter one, verse three, that Jesus made everything that nothing was made that was made. He was the agent of creation, and when we read about it in Genesis chapter one, where it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth he 's talking about Jesus, and so it 's important you know how did he do it? Uh, he went to Home Depot, he got some uh, two by fours. <laughs> No, no, I'm just joking. He went to Lowe's, actually. No, how did he do it? How did he make everything, you guys? How did, he spoke it into existence by the power of his word, right? And then Genesis one three, then God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Genesis one six, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and he spoke the universe into existence by the power of his word. Uh, the Hebrew word is barha, and that's what it means. It means it's, you know, create something from, from nothing, you know? And, and so you guys, you know, we might look at a car, and I don't know if you guys ever think about the maker and inventor of the car, Henry Ford. He must have been a pretty smart guy, pretty impressive, or maybe your phone, and you're like, I don't know if you ever think about it, probably not too much, but man, or whatever, the iMac, Steve Jobs, pretty impressive guy, just to think it all through, to make it happen, to bring it to pass, You know, stuff like that. But what do you do when you look at the universe, the galaxies that God made? You know, all the mysteries, all the seas, the sun, the stars, the cells, the sounds, the songs, the moon, the men, the music, the things like lightning, love, family, sexual intimacy, humanity, head, hands, heart. I mean, what do you say to the one who made everything that everything else is made of? John chapter 1 and verse 1 is, is telling us about Jesus as God, but then when he gets in verse 3, John the Beloved is trying to tell you, and just in case you didn't think about this, he made everything. Isaiah 40 and verse 26. It says, lift up your eyes on high and see who created these things. Who brings out their hosts by number? He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and through the strength of his power, not one is missing. And when you study the stars, you realize that's pretty awesome that God can do that. I mean, they say that if you were to travel to the tip of the northern or southern hemisphere on a, on a perfectly black night, you would see with your naked eye 9,000 stars. If you had a good pair of binoculars, you could see 200,000 stars. With a small telescope there you 'd see fifteen million stars and then, if you were to get uh, an, an observation from the the telescopes in an observatory, you would be able to see a billion stars see we we it 's kind of like iconic it 's kind of symbolic in the sense that Trying to get to Jesus, you have to unwrap all this other stuff, and it's a challenge to get there even in a season like this, because the devil knows that all I've got to do is make them busy. But then when you look at the fact that we can't even see our stars anymore, sometimes I think, man, that's part of the enemy's plan. You guys know right our Milky galaxy, Milky Way galaxy? which is 120,000 light years across, that means if you were to stay, travel 186,000 miles per second, from one end to the other, 106,000 miles per second, it would take you 120,000 years to go from one end to, to the other just in our single Milky Way galaxy. Think about that, right? I mean, that that's that's impressive, 400 billion stars in our Milky Way galaxy, but according to astronomers, there are 170 billion galaxies. And He made it all. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. You know, it's one thing to invent something, but it's just something completely different to create And that's what Christ has done, the one who made and maintains all the stars and souls and planets and people. We don't just thank him, but it it takes time to think on these things. And when you do, you worship. You worship him. You know, and so Christmas, a closer look at Christ, has to kind of begin there with the deity of Christ. But then, it, it, I don't know if this is even more phenomenal or, or I don't know, I guess they just go hand in hand. Then you go to the humanity of Christ. And if you go back to John chapter 1, look in verse 14, because we're talking about the word that, that was God that made everything. And it says, and the word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, to say that eventually Jesus was raised in Nazareth. I I don't know why. I just think like Almani, like if he came to like a town like Almani or something. You'd be like, why is he in Almani? Shouldn't he be out know, in Jerusalem? you know or some big city like New York or, or l a but no, you know Almani, Nazareth, he comes and he and he dwells among us. the The Greek word here speaks of the body, the human nature, the word became flesh, in other words, God became man. Now it's important for us to understand that he never lost his deity, and he wasn't fifty percent God and fifty percent man. He was 100% God and 100% man. He's theanthropic. He was the God-man. And he, what he did was, he's called the hypostatic union. He added a nature to himself. But when he did that in the process, like I said, he was conceived in the womb of Mary. know, eventually this great God who made it and maintains everything becomes the size of the period on your piece of paper. And then eventually a grain of rice and then eventually he's just growing within the womb, completely dependent upon his mother, Mary, right? And conceived there. And then Christmas is the day when the baby was born. And, and when I when I think of his deity, his majesty, his glory, I'm I'm just overwhelmed. You know, looking back to a time where he's always been there. You can't call it time because it's before time. And now he comes. To us, but then when I think of the fact that he became a baby, I mean, you know what I think of? One of the great words that I lack in my life is humility. The humility of God. And to me, that's a huge thing. As I'm getting older, I'm learning man, I got so much pride. Humility. This is what God has manifested. He traveled so far from outside of time. He enters in to our time from eternity. And that's why we talked about the mystery, right? And you guys know the story how Joseph and Mary were engaged to each other and prior to the consummation of Christ, you know, consummation of their marriage, Mary was found pregnant. And you guys know Joseph was going to walk away from the relationship until the angel appeared to him and explained to him what had happened. And Luke chapter two verse seven, the baby was born. We'll study this, Lord willing, on Sunday. How she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Now I wish they would stick to the original Greek language because it wasn't like the manger that we think. It was a feeding trough. Um, it was where the animals would eat their their stuff, you know, and and slobber and. And so maybe they put some hay down there and then they laid the baby uh, there. I remember when I was growing up, I used to sleep in a drawer, kind of like that. You know, the dresser drawer, you open it up. So he didn't have a, 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 this, you know, hospital. And, and we sing the song Silent Night. How many of you think it was silent? Probably not, huh? Do you think Jesus cried? Yeah, of course he did. He entered into our world our sorrows and, and he was born there that night from deity adding humanity we see this in isaiah 9 6 the child is born the son is given romans 1 3 and 4 talks about the same thing you know if you would turn to philippians chapter 2 Notice what we read in verse 5. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. You know, it's when you look at the Christmas story, we celebrate, we contemplate, but we should also emulate the humility that God would become a man. And, and why did he come? Why did he become a man? I mean, when you think about it, to me, this is an amazing thing, how, how he would you know, come and become a man. But notice in, in verse eight, it says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And, and that's why. To me one of the most precious colors of Christmas. Is red. And I look at the red. And I just think about his blood. Because you know what? We're, we, we fall short you know. I think. I do. Not just every day. Every day. I would say, how many times a day do you guys sin? I would, general. Generally speaking, I don't know. I mean, we do it. But isn't it cool to know that that blood washes away your sins? That this is what Christmas is all about. You know, I was in my office getting ready for today and just kind of stressing out. Sometimes I stress out a little bit on the study. You know, the Lord has got to be polished. You got to, you know, help me per- perform a good study, you know, and you know, where's the illustrations and where's the quotations, Lord? And and then the Lord just reminds me, listen, it's not about that. You just tell them the best that you can that that it's all about me, that it's all about Jesus and encourage them to know who I am and what I've done and why I came and tell them when they go home tonight that this would be the best part of the whole thing. If they could just take five minutes I didn't know it's hard but if they could just take five minutes you can set your your, your watch I'm serious you'll, you'll be surprised how long five minutes is to get on their knees and just thank him for coming that this God you know the, 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 the deity became humanity and in John chapter 1 verse 14 it says and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. And as I was reading that earlier today, I think the Lord told me to tell you guys that word beheld. It, it talks about gazing. It talks about looking, you know, and, and, and so please do that, but hold this truth. Hold this truth close to your heart. Beheld. We beheld His glory. Jesus is amazing. He really is. When I read my Gospels, I, I trip out on, on my Lord and what He's done for me. And so, I don't know if you ever feel alone. I know I do sometimes. I think we all do sometimes. But I pray that you would know that as Christians, you're never alone. And that's, you know, the, the thing that Lord has, has shown in Christmas. What would be the best gift you can get this year? Besides a Camaro. Just a, a, a closer walk with the Lord. A, a, a clearer view of Him. He's the gift that never goes away. What did you get last year? You forgot, huh? Huh, you know, A lot of you guys don't remember, or it's all broken, <laughs> or it doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> this is something that um, you will always cherish. You know, 2019 is coming. What comes after 2019. Then we'll see perfectly, huh? That's what you're thinking, huh? 2020 is the year. (laughs) No, it's now. If you want it to be. If you want it to be. And I read a story about a man, and why don't we have the musicians come forward, who purchased a computer for his elderly parents. But he lived far away, and he had it shipped to them via UPS. When the package arrived, Uh, they opened it up and literally within two minutes their smiles turned to frowns because you know they just didn't have a clue how to how to work this thing how to run this thing i don't know if you've ever been in situations where even over the phone it's hard to understand and so a couple of days later the, the 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 man's his the son's mom was playing bridge with her friends and she confessed her inability to, to get that thing to work and she was frustrated and she said to her friend, she said, my, my son told me he would walk us through it over the phone, but, but it didn't help. And the truth is I don't need uh, the computer. What I really need is him. You know, and that's what God has done. I pray you wouldn't miss it. I pray you would never forget it. I pray you would let it sink in deeper than it has. Because I'm telling you with this, if you're struggling, then that's why. Because this whole Christmas thing that you supposedly know everything about has not really...